0: And welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon.
1: This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings.
0: I am Korvar.
1: And I'm Kikita Kaori. And we have... We have stuff.
0: (laughs) Yes, we do. We do. We have the final chapter of Cherry Blossom Snow, which is Chapter 5, by Robert Denton III, Which means we also have the final results of the Elimination Tournament.
1: So we'll talk about that today. Uh, Aconite Books released a schedule for the fall. It did not have any L5R books on it. Uh, For those who don't remember, Aconite Books is publishing a series of novels for Legend of the Five Rings. The fall schedule had no L5R books on it. But it did have lots of redacted books on it. So we'll have a link to that and then you can speculate to see if any.
0: Speculate to your heart's content.
1: Right. (laughs) We have so little news, we give mega news.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is, I mean, I'm not quite sure whether this is no news is good news or whether just no news is no news at the minute or any number of things. We do know that there is a Detective Shin novel coming out.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And we have an interview scheduled with the author.
0: We do. So uh, the fact that there, there isn't any unredacted L5R stuff doesn't necessarily mean anything. Oh, we're all just speculating at this point.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so having dealt with the news, uh, the final vote came through, which was Shiba Tsukune versus Katsuo. Katsuo the peasant, he's always mentioned like that, which I don't think is very nice. But uh, <laughs> the final result end up being Shiba Tsukune at 59% with Katsuo at 41%. So in the end, not that close.
1: No, it wasn't. And yeah, I, th- I admit I thought it would be a lot closer, though. Um, kind of how Katsuo comes up, he didn't have much of an identity at the beginning. So he was good catch-all for people who didn't... Care about any clan vote except their own preferred clan. And well, yeah, maybe just a little bit of the meme stuff going on. You know, he didn't have to do much more than 50% to have an edge up, 50% against any particular counter match against people who don't prefer that, who don't prefer it. They don't, it doesn't mean that everybody who doesn't like a particular pairing is going, you know, the other clans is going to vote Katsuo. It just means that maybe a little bit more than 50% would. As the rounds got closer to the end, it looks like what's been happening is that Katsuo then becomes his own entity. It's becomes his own character. And he's, he's less meme and more, he, be, he becomes his own thing to vote until you get to the end vote here and there are, of course lots of people like Shiba Sukune for herself but this is also was a samurai versus non-samurai vote. It wasn't just a, you know, popularity of one versus the other. Does that make sense?
0: Well, I mean it's very it's obviously very hard to tell why people voted one way or the other, so, you know,
1: that's my my theory, anyway, mm. of what's going on. I would have been happy, I think, with any – either vote, but uh...
0: – Especially because what I what I have liked very much about the Battle of Cherry Blossom Snow is that other than the very, very first kind of brackets, where it was like 16 people, and you can understand why people who didn't do well in their bracket kind of didn't really make, get mentioned because uh, – Shono literally is uh, Shono. Get, Shono sends his regards. That's literally all we hear about him. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: after that, after that first round, everyone gets a good showering, even if they don't go through.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so Daidoji Uji didn't go through, but he didn't go through in a really awesome way, mm-hmm. and and so on with everybody. I think everyone who went who got eliminated, they generally did something useful or did something awesome. Mm -hmm. And I've really, really enjoyed that. I've really liked that. And, uh,
1: yeah. (laughs) All right. Speaking of results. (laughs) Yes, speaking of results. So all of this culminates in The Battle of Cherry Blossom Snow, Chapter 5, by Robert Denton III, who's been writing like crazy to get all of these done in between votes. In this story... Isawa Tadaka fights his undead ancestor, Isawa Akuma, in the Temple of the Ninth Kami. He finds a sword with a spirit in it that he uses to fuel a ward against Akuma. Caught by Isawa Akuma, he slaps the ward against the, on, on this being uh, and makes an offering of his own body to sunder the ancestor from the oni. So now, Asawa Akuma, the ancestor, is free to go on to his next life. And the Oni loses a bunch of power. Meanwhile, at Cherry Blossom Snow Lake, the Fox Shigenja turned the spirits of the Shinomen against the goblins and other creatures um, around it, while Shibasukune fights the diminished form of Akuma no Oni, along with Katsuo. With Katsuo's boost, she pierces the Oni with Ofushike and kills it. And as it dies, she sees Isawa Tadaka at peace. Yeah,
0: that that was that. And that's pretty much it for this set of fictions, although there is going to be an epilogue, and that's going to be an interesting thing to see.
1: Yeah, I hope it's a beefy epilogue. <laughs> There's a lot to ra- wrap up.
0: I'm curious as to whether it's going to wrap up both sets of events. And it's gonna be uh I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, big job. Big job. <laughs> so moving on to the Lord Nuggets. We do have the day it's still the 14th of Dagashi. It hasn't been an entire day since, <laughs> <laughs> since the last thing that happened.
1: No.
0: So yeah, it's it's all the same day.
1: Yeah. Um, the sword that Asawa Tadaka finds is described as a straight blade of hammered iron with a curved handle and a large orb pommel. Um, a sword with a curved handle and an orb pommel is generally, and a straight blade, is usually a saber in the West. But here, this is probably an early uh, chokuto or jokuto.
0: That's that's what, seeing. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm um, saying. I was, I was also looking up the definition of saber and it's really complicated.
1: <laughs> it is complicated.
0: It really seems to be is it single edged then it's a saber.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it may or may not have a curved blade. So, I mean, and also whether, whether whether we really want to put a western definition.
1: Nah, I just I just found something that looked exactly like like yeah. that that was a saber in the west, but then they found another one that looked exactly like that that was an early chocoto, so we'll have some pictures of this chocoto. i found that looks exactly like this so you could see it if you want because you know we do these things for you
0: yeah 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 right? absolutely <laughs> so yeah so it it looks like a chocoto, that from from yeah. that description yeah so that's a that's a really old really old sword that's neat
1: um with the call out there's a little no, it's not Matsu's. Maybe Taku's. It seems likely that it is Itaku. So I asked Robert Denton if he could give the unicorn something, because they had so little sh- to show up, <laughs> by confirming this sword was Itaku's blade.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: He said he didn't want to confirm anything, because it's all reader interpretation, but he did maybe want to give the unicorn something, so... You can think it's Utaku's blade and the spirit is Utaku.
0: (laughs) During uh, all of this, Tadako uses the awakened spirit of the sword to power his spell because in the middle, like like in the most middle of the Shadowlands, that's not the actual festering pit. There's nothing to power your spells uh, except Kansen, and that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. So this is really the only option he had. This is something that was taught to him by Kuniyori in the fiction Beneath the Light of Jade. So that's a callback to that.
1: Yeah. So going back and forth between the two scenes, we have a, a little scene of Hida Sukune looking down on the battlefield and seeing the Shinoman forest erupt with all the animals coming out. And attacking these Shadowlands hordes. And the big one that he mentions is the Onikuma, the demon bear, from Trail of Shadows. So this is a yokai from Japan. One of their many uh, spirit stories. In the stories... Onikuma is a bear who has lived a very, very long time, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger the longer it lives. It walks on two legs and is generally not benign, just likes to live in the deep forest and be left alone. However, if it gets hungry, it walks into town, and it can carry off a couple of whole cows in its hands. So these are big guys. Yeah. They are reclusive and don't bother people. But when they do get hungry or mad or injured by a hunter or something, they can really tear things up. One of these showed up in Trail of Shadows and really tore things up. <laughs> so,
0: I, I have to admit, when I first read the description, I thought it was one of the Oni. But no, it's actually brought out by the, uh, well, presumably the Fox clan to come, come play with some Shadowlands forces. We have a mention of Katsuo's armor, which is using laminar plates, which is the standard of how a lot of Japanese armor is made. Lots of little pieces, essentially sewn together in a way, and then lacquered to make a solid plate, which then gets put together to make armor. So, this is basically Ashigaru armor, which makes sense for Katsuo.
1: Mm-hmm. He must have gotten handed that at some point along the line.
0: Well, I mean, probably around, around the point when they said, hey, you take charge of that unit.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, ha- oh, uh, seeing as you're doing that, um, have some armor. It's like, oh, yeah, good good plan. <laughs> good plan, there. Good plan.
1: So we learn from Shiba Sukune's thoughts that her family is, her personal family is not uh, descended from the kami. She's purely mortal. Uh, she's been in this role as a yojimbo, and she's in the Phoenix, but that doesn't mean she's from the Kuge line or anything like that. She's just... Yeah. She, yeah. and, and all of the families have lots of people who've sworn into them over the generations. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. So not not absolutely everybody has divine descent or meaningful amounts of divine descent, and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's still a samurai, so she's still part of the the elite ruling group. But she is her her line is mortal. We also have Tadaka again, flipping, flipping uh, backwards and forwards. Uh, Tadaka, who has had the habit of offering parts of himself to the kami in order to gain their favor and thus enable them to uh, do what he needs, Um, he actually ends up offering his entire body, in the end, to the awakened spirit of the sword in order to power the ward, which deals with the human part of Akumanoani. Mm-hmm which hopefully means that we're not going to end up with a zombie Tedaka wandering about later on because his body might still be there. But if it's actually all been gone, it's all been consumed, as the rest of him had been, then uh, he might escape that particular fate.
1: Yeah, at least that's that's, my interpretation of of what happened. Um, I think if you worked really, really hard, you could – somehow imagine that he just gave a significantly large chunk of himself and could still somehow make it out alive but
0: oh no really no no, no. That, that, no. no. <laughs> For, his his fourth ghost turns up at the end <laughs> honestly <laughs>
1: <laughs> right anyway um yes at the end so Shiva sukune is there she's been almost squished by this falling Oni, and she comes out of it, and she is holding Tadaka's sash of silk that he wore around his face to hide the fact that he donated a large chunk (laughs) of it.
0: He is a face donor.
1: I think that this kind of force goes, well, this this communication is, is enabled in part because of how close the Oni and the Master are. Mm. But uh, it's it's a sweet story. We can talk about it now since you know this is at the very end and it's not that long. Um, we don't have a whole ton of lore nuggets for it, but we we can talk about the whole <laughs> the whole uh, story, the whole arc overall, and what we thought of it. What did you think?
0: I no, I really enjoyed it. I I really like the writing. I really like the way that. The characters came in and, and and came out. the The stakes were really well presented. You know, it, it it all felt like a real a real genuine threat that we need to worry about. And I thought that ever, all the characters were really well put together, mm-hmm. and and everyone had really good moments, which I think was is really really important. That you got to, you got it's a, quite a large cast and you do want everyone to to be their best. I mean, this is a story that got me to like Hida Yakumo and <laughs> Yoritomo. I mean, that's really that's impressive. That's super impressive. And I I've got to say juggling all of that and the results, the the fact that the that who who was going to go through at each stage, that must have been so hard.
1: Yeah, I think it was very hard. I think it was a great accomplishment. I Loved how the character moments that they had were. Just like you said, I think Mr. Denton did a spectacular job with that. Everybody came off well. I did have a few little regrets, I guess. Uh huh. Mostly because this is the end of L5R.
0: Well, the LCG anyway. Yeah. Whether, whether this is the end, the end, I mean, it, it is hard to say. I'm hoping, I think a lot of people have kind of suggested that the epilogue story is going to be the time to announce if the the next stage, whatever the next stage is. And I'm kind of hoping that that's what's going to happen. But obviously we don't, we won't know until if, if and until it happens.
1: <laughs> we don't know. I am thinking it's not, that doesn't mean there isn't going to be something else, but I don't think we'll find out then. I think we'll be left hanging for a while longer. We shall see. However, if this is the end even of the LCG, right? Yeah. And something this big, uh all of that. I wish that the unicorn could have had a bigger role. I wish that some of the parties that got voted out in the early rounds actually did have something more than what they got.
0: Yeah, I mean we the we did get some unicorn in the Heroes of Legends.
1: Yeah, we got some here some there. Um, but in the, in this part of the story, uh, you know, it's like it felt like they could have given he, he potentially could have given them a little more. I, f- I felt he, he probably was like trying to keep everything pared down. And I totally understand. But, uh, you know, I, it's not a fault of his writing. It's a problem with doing this in this fashion does that make sense mm. with, with having to vote people out
0: and- yeah 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 I mean yeah it's a tough thing seven seven factions to juggle that's always been a, an issue how do you how do you give everyone all the screen time
1: right and with Katsuo going so far and not even being part of a faction you know that means that no story faction got that part the other thing and this is again no fault of the writers is that because of the nature of how this story worked, the Phoenix faction with Tadaka got five whole sections, five whole stories to themselves, plus the final winner of the overall story. Because it was Tadaka was there with Suki, and Kuniyori was dead. So it was a Phoenix, Phoenix. Phoenix is all around, and this is lovely if you're Phoenix you know if your your favorite faction is Phoenix and this is lovely if you like love stories which it it comes across to me as a, a love story in the end sort of and it ties in with sword and spirits very much and the very first um Phoenix fiction
0: okay I think I think I might need you to explain the love story aspect to me here
1: <laughs> okay this to me it reads like a love story. In especially this last chapter, because when the first Phoenix fiction, Risen from the Flames, comes out, we learn that Sukune secretly loves Tadaka. Ah. And because she is his Yojimbo, it's not a love that's really destined for anywhere, but she's this young girl and she's mooning over the handsome older man that she is protecting. And we don't see quite so much into Tadaka's point of view, but then in The Sword and the Spirits, you do see little slow advancement of this love story. You you get the feeling that it's uh, reciprocated, at least so far as Tadaka would do anything to protect Shibaskune but once she's champion, then they can't even be together anyway. And so that kind of pushes him towards this, I'm going to go into the Shadowlands and do do my Shadowlands thing and, and learn from them. And then we don't see very much of them through the middle of the story. We follow Tadaka, but he's off doing Shadowlands things with Kuni Yuri, and he doesn't really think about Shiba Sukune. Because they're doing Shadowlands things, but here now we see how he remembers her. We see her how she remembers him, and it's kind of a, a tragic, but, but but sweet end to this this love story that started in the first Phoenix fiction.
0: The the problem might be that that if you haven't read the novel, the novella, then all that stuff is like from. Hugely, way back, <laughs> like it's been. It's been a while since that's been mentioned. I guess. So there you go. So I, I had no. I'd completely forgotten that there was anything between the two of them.
1: So yeah, um, and all of those stories all the way along have been written by Robert Denton. So he keeps all the threads. He ties them all together. The cherry blossoms in the first fiction tie to the cherry blossoms in the end, and just. It's it's all one. It, it, he he writes it as as one story. If you like ignore all the <laughs> other bits in between, you could read it like that. Okay. So I mean, I appreciate Sukune's victory for that. Okay, and how he tied the two together, and it makes it it makes a love story. But on the other hand, it's a very phoenixy overall, because all of this Tadaka Suki stuff is all Phoenix as well.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm not that big into the faction aspect, so I guess it didn't worry me that much, but I can, I suppose the people could see it as being very dominated by one clan.
1: Worry is not quite, quite right, though. I think if, uh, well, I, I just, I, I can see if it was a, a different clan that, I've heard protests that the whole story is Crane dominated all the way along, even though Crane gets the same number of fictions as any other faction, for sure. Mm. And mm. so, if this was definitely, you know, if these had both been Crane characters, yeah. then I don't doubt I would hear it anyway. You know, I'm just, yeah. uh, it, it just is because Tadaka is, is Phoenix and the overall winner is Phoenix. It was, and the overall winner was coincidence. So. You know, I just I just hope that uh Unicorn does, doesn't feel too bad put being left out. That's all. And I think Scorpion could feel left out at the end, though they have been a major driver for the a lot of the story going on, obviously, with Shouju and mm-hmm. has been kind of about him. So so that's that's good. We shall see. I think in terms of other things, um well, we're pretty sure Tadaka's dead. Yeah. Sukune and Katsuo had some close calls, but they they pulled it through.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So that leaves a casualty count of Togashi Akune, Yep. Asawa Tadaka, and Doji Kawanen, and Bayushi Shouju.
0: And lots of crab samurai, but we don't.
1: Well, uh, anonymous doesn't count. <laughs> lots of lots of people who are who are anonymous. Um, yeah, anonymous yeah. don't don't count, but
0: Oh, uh, uh Ujiaki.
1: Oh, and and Ujiaki.
0: Okay. Yeah. He's definitely a casualty.
1: Yes. Okay. And potentially uh Hida Kasada or at least he's like wounded off the wall.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Possibly. So no casualties for the unicorn.
0: Doesn't seem that way nice. No.
1: Instead, we get potentially the spirit of Utaku Kamoko now free to Rokugan.
0: Well, not necessarily her spirit, as in Utaku Kamoko herself, but the spirit that was awakened in her sword.
1: Oh, that's true. It's true.
0: Yeah. It's not impossible that it's hers, but it could also be the sword's spirit, which is now free to return to Rokugan, um, which could show up in a number of ways, could simply be. A new unicorn gets born and that's their that's who they're reincarnated from, or any number of things. Not quite sure what happens <laughs> to an awakened spirit if it gets freed from its Nimurani. Not established, I don't think.
1: We do know that you know, Tadaka says they travel north into Rokugan. They flee the Shadowlands. Yeah. So he's he's mentioned that.
0: Yeah, because like that's just the smart thing to do. <laughs>
1: so I, I guess i'm used to you know the crane stories with um where the soul of the creator is in the sword the whole i I
0: i don't think that works very well because you can't then make more than one sword can you
1: <laughs> no but uh yeah that's that's probably not the case here it's probably more that uh more special case for for the crane sword Anyway, um, please go forth and uh, let us know what you think of this story overall. Was it satisfying? Did you enjoy it? I've heard lots of praise heaped on uh, Robert Denton for this and for the overall storyline. A lot of people are saying this is kind of what they wished that the stories had been all along with lots of significant changes and people acting and great scenes. Um instead of the slower pace which we went at. I wonder what would have happened if uh, it had been able to evolve into this a little bit further and not quite been so so rushed with the end of the line. But it didn't feel rushed. It was it was a good story.
0: Yes. It was. Uh so yeah, do do please let us know. Uh we're gonna give you all our contact information in just a moment so you can find us uh in a number of different ways and uh let us know what you think.
1: We did have some call-outs to alternate podcasts or events. Um, There is a great discussion of disability in fields of victory in the blog uh, Ramblings of a Displaced Nerd by Charlie, or Restlian, if you are on Discord. Um, Mm -hmm. I also have started a blog on the Winter Garden of Kikita page. So if you want to read about story axes and whatever random thoughts and opinions I might be pulling out of nowhere, um, you can find it on the Winter Garden. But there's a lot of other cool stuff there for you to use for role-playing if you yeah. if you want it. That's at craneclan.weebly.com.
0: And also give call-outs to our Core Games Network, including the L5R LCG podcast. Our Live from Tokyo podcast, Tokyo The Five Rings, and our two actual play role-playing podcasts, Crimson Gold Agonies and Fortunes and Strife. And we should also give a shout out to our friends at D20 Radio, who have a podcast for all your role-playing needs.
1: Our content is funded by the Community Discord Patreon, which supports our editing costs, as well as our website, where you can store and see longer-term information, find summaries, great RPG tools, and more. For our Patreons, we have special bonus content like Adventure seats, early access to our AP podcasts, and including now for our Patreons, uh, a series of letters and backgrounds, stories, if you will, for the Fortune and Strife podcast, for those who are following that. Basically summarizing everything that is going on or or has gone on in the show, and we'll be keeping that up to date. Uh, Fortune and Strife, just to clarify, is on hiatus, um, but is recording new episodes, and we'll be back shortly. You
0: can find us online at courtgamespod.com. On Twitter, we are twitter.com slash courtgamespod. And we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash courtgames.
1: But uh, that's it for us this week. This is Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you.
0: And... I've been Corvar, and until we meet again, keep your jade handy.
1: Rogue.